Welcome to Down the Slope podcast with myself, Ewan, and as usual, we are joined by Greg and Harry. And this week, Hello. we're also joined by our good friend Greg to give us his view as a Hearts fan ahead of this weekend's game. Hello. So, on this week's episode, we will be discussing the good three points in rug- in Kilmarnock at Rugby Park, and then we'll be previewing this weekend's huge game in Hamden. So, Harry, three points. Tough place to go, dodgy pitch. What did you make of the game? I think the the main thing that we need to pick up from what we've been doing well this season so far is the fact that Kilmarnock never really tested us. There was one moment where Nisbet blocked um, a shot from a corner on the line. But apart from that, there wasn't really any moment that I felt threatened because the main problem that we had last year, especially with Hecke, was every single time a team came in our half, we were all scared that we were going to concede and stuff. But this season, people can have as much of the ball as, we, as they like against us, and I just don't feel intimidated at all. And it's really weird because I, like, I can't actually remember the last time we were this defensively sound. And like I know I keep going on about them. It's not specifically Gogic that's changed the team, but it's just having that player there that can actually play and give this defence that support to just make them more structured. Um, and again, I think that just kind of shone through. Penalty, if it was given against me, I'd probably be a bit raging. But I think the Aberdeen penalty was kind of suspect as well. Um, Cliff Pike said that on Twitter. And I think things in football do balance themselves out. For once, we were actually on the end of a good uh, bit of luck when it comes to referees. And yeah, Nisbet, as always, every time he's on the ball, he just looks like a class apart. I'm so happy we managed to get him in. And yeah, him and Newell, for me, were the standouts. I thought they were both excellent. And Paul Hamlin as well. And Greg? Yeah, look, it's not an easy place to go and get in the three points. I know we predicted 1-0, but it wasn't the way I planned it out. I, didn't, I thought it would be a, a very scrappy goal from a corner or something. But now, nah, look, you know, as Harry said, the, the defence was solid. Didn't really feel we're under too much pressure. I think it's a stone wall penalty, to be honest. Um, same as the one that was that was given against us um, in the Aberdeen game. I think they're both stone wallers. Um, difficult pitch. Pitch is awful. Um, but I tell you what, Joe Newell with those those quick feet, light light on the toes, dancing in between the defenders. That, that's what you love to see. Yeah. So, nah, delighted with the three points. That it's really crucial. Um, they were in a good bit of form, so hopefully we can we can kick on from that. Yeah, I think in regards to the penalty, I think like if you sort of combine the it was either the first or the second penalty against Hamilton that was outside of the box, and then the penalty obviously that we gave away against Aberdeen, you then sort of like okay, Boyle might be. Uh, Dodge might have been outside the box, there might not be that much contact. The camera angles, because we didn't have the multi-million pounds that they have in English football, it's a zoomed-in camera for the stand behind the goal. Like you, you can't tell how much contact there is, you can't tell where it is, and like there's no point in spending too much time on it. Like the penalty got given and Nisbet stepped up and put it away comfortably. And then, obviously, I think we'll go on and talk, talk about the defence, but even in, I think the first half was it started. It was like end to end without any real chances. Quite a scrappy game, but no team really got their foot on the ball that well. I don't think that pitch really allows you to do that. Kelly don't really set up to play on the ball. I don't think. Like I think, especially when they've got players like like Power and Dicker in the middle of the park. Tish Bowler is a decent player, but 
they are mainly get it wide, get balls in the box, and this season that suits us. Um, we just mop it up, and I think in the second half we got on the ball a little bit better. Um, Paul McGinn probably should have scored. Malin should have scored. Um, Dodge was unlucky with a header, so I think we had chances to kill the game. And the fact that so I think Kelly had one shot on target, but I think it's went down as no shots on target because Nizabit actually blocked it before like the keeper didn't have to save it. Um, and that was scrappy from a corner. We literally limited Kelly to to nothing in the game. Uh, Kabamba had a header sort of late on that went way over the bar, and we're, the the strength that the defence is showing is. I've never really seen Hibs look this good at the back. It's really good to see. And albeit 1-0 is not comfortable because it is only like one goal and you're back to square one. But at no point in that game did I feel like we were not taking three points. From the moment we went 1-0 up, game was done as far as I was concerned. We could have made it easier for ourselves, but Paul Hanlon again was superb at the back. Um, Paul McGinn... And uh, Josh Doig when he came on, Lewis Stevenson in the first half, and then Ryan Porches as well. A couple of iffy moments on the ball, but uh, as a defender, outstanding again. And I think we could sit and talk for hours about the defence this season, but we've already done that. And then Joe Newell, I think, had probably his best game of the season, which is saying something, because um, he's been very good this season. And Greg, I know you were really impressed with Joe Newell at the weekend. What, what did you make him? I just think that, <clears throat> although in the first half I felt like some of the passing we had maybe wasn't where it should be, but that that's not an easy pitch. However, second half, you know, he's picking the ball up on the right-hand side of the midfield and he's he's not even making an effort. He's just gliding past players. You know, he's he's such a crucial player in, that mid, in the middle of the park and I would like to see him get a bit further forward. Obviously, like sometimes Gogic is a bit further forward than him. Um, so I would like to see him keep going further forward, but I just thought that the whole perf- the performance as a whole from him was was excellent. And I, other than the first half, I think there were a couple of passes that went astray. That nothing else I could really comment on um, negatively, but I think it's night and day from where he was last season. Um, yeah, he he's, he's certainly a player that, that has come on leaps and bounds and really found that position in the middle of the park his own and. Thought Mark's the boy, he could have easily just said, look, I don't want to do this. You know, he'd rather hide, but he's come out, he's getting his foot on the ball, and he's he's making us tick. Harry, out with sorry, Joe, no, who, who was your standout? I know you touched on Kevin Niss, but you felt like he's sort of class above when he's on the ball. Who, who stood out mainly for you at the weekend? It's a hard one, eh? The only person that I'd say was negative for me, again, I think that Boyle, ever since he signed the contract, just really hasn't been firing like he normally is. Um, which hopefully means that he's saving all that for next week. I would not mind that at all. That would be an absolute dream if he'd done that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that he'd, he'd done a nice wee dribble in, in the bottom corner when he was running down time and stuff, and he managed to get a booking from power. But apart from that, he just looks a bit confused oh. when he's on the ball, I think's the word. And Malin, I don't know why managers refuse to play Malin in an advanced midfield position where he's supposed to play. He's stuck on left mid. I didn't think he played that bad. Decision-wise, he looked a bit... Um, slow at things like he could have released a pass a bit faster or whatnot but he was getting belters on Twitter for it but I just don't think he was that bad and he, he put a good shot and probably should have put it on target mind yeah. you in the second half but still a good effort um, and yeah I'm just impressed with the like, depth of the squad as well because 
last season, if you don't have Lewis Stevenson, who are you putting at left back? We've got to kind of throw Paul Hanlon out there. But now it's nice being able to choose between Doig and Stevenson, who are both starters at left back. And yeah, just Paul Hanlon, as you say, it's like a new signing. He is just absolutely immense this season. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I think touching on Boyle, I, I feel like he's almost less direct this season than he has been in the past. And I don't know if that's because he knows he's got Nisbet and Deutsch. So he's almost been more unselfish. He, I think yes, he seems to be cutting inside a lot more, maybe looking for passes instead of really bombing at the fullback and really not maybe his injuries. Because uh, I don't think he's lost pace, but he doesn't seem to be using it as much. He's not just knocking it and going it. He's, I'd, see that what made him so good was the rawness and it's like he's he's trying to I know it sounds stupid but be more a football player he's actually trying to dribble yeah, past yeah. the fullback he's trying to play one twos and it's almost in the last few it's sort of been the majority of the season really obviously he's had a couple of good games but that's the one area of the park we could probably do with another option because then it does put him on his plate not that I think he should be dropped but just it's the one place where you think well yeah Boyle's going to play no matter what he does unless if he's fit um, but again, like he'll come good. He'll probably still finish sort of fifteen goals and assists a season, like because he, his numbers are decent as it is. And just an off game, I don't think plastic touches suit him at all. He was quite poor against Livingston at the start of the season on plastic as well. Um, and I really think the ball, the bounce of the ball, stops him from really accelerating away because the ball just sticks. But I don't think we need to get too hung up on that. And then. So we've touched on Joe Newell, we've, we've touched on Paul Hanlon. Harry, who gets your high be the week this week? All right, going straight for it early on. Um, I've I've said that he's like a new signing. I think that he's. I think this is the first year he's warranted having the armband, and I'm going to say Paul Hanlon. That's I, I, that's just Paul Hanlon. Yep. I don't even need to tell you who I'm voting for. <laughs> Starts with Joe and ends with Newell. Right, so this is good. This is getting boring now, but that leaves me with one. Are you going to go for Kevin Nisbet again, man? Because oh, you, you need to give it up. Well, oh. it leaves me with one obvious nomination, and but I'm not right. Kevin Nisbet was fucking excellent at the weekend, but to keep Affirmative. it to keep it away from that. Nah, nah, like there's nobody. Here he goes. Everyone look comes a comfort blanket. For me, do you know what? Right, I'll go for Christian Deutsch. I think his performance at the weekend is going to go under the radar because Nisbet scored, Newell was excellent, Hanlon was very good, but Deutsch again was very good. Yeah, he's not getting the goals just now. Tim really probably what he's played as else, but Deutsch was excellent again at the weekend. And yeah, I'll, I'll nominate Christian Deutsch. Um, I don't actually think we've nominated him this season. I think this is the first time he's been nominated. He probably has deserved nominations before, to be fair. Like, he does do an awful lot of work. I think I touched on it last week's pod where he does do an awful lot of work that maybe doesn't get noticed because he's not scoring the goals like Nisbet is. Um, but, like, you know, he puts himself about, he, he puts in some shift. So, I'll let you off with, with Christian Boyce this week. No doubt we'll be back to Kevin Nisbet next week. Um, well, to be fair, when he scores a hat trick, it's hard not to. Yeah, if he if he if he if he goes and scores <laughs> against Hearts, then he's straight. He's up. He's up and running. So, so I'm moving into the weekend, into the into the game at the weekend. Uh, 
the small matter in Edinburgh derby at Hamden. It obviously has a lot of bad memories for us. Uh, Greg Ando, uh, you obviously have a lot better memories of Hibs Hearts games at Hamden, unfortunately. Um, Greg, what have you, from a Hearts point of view, because obviously you had a lot of spare time up until October on Saturdays, what have you made of, <laughs> uh, what have you made of Hibs so far this season? To be fair, I've been pretty pretty impressed, to be fair. Um, I do have a bit of a worry going into this game at the weekend. I know you touched on um, previous games at Hamden have kind of went Hearts way, but I, I just think, not, not even just with the extra games you've had, you just seem like a much more solid unit. Um, like you said, you've showed up your defence. The defence have been really, really good. Um, you've obviously got a prolific partnership with Nisbet and Dodge up front as well, which will probably cause a lot of people problems. So... Aye, no, I think these have been really good, a lot a lot better than, obviously there were stages last season where obviously we were both pretty poor, then you sort of came came back into a, a better game, so aye, no, I think these have been really, really good. And do, do you see areas where, sorry, head strengths will be able to capitalise on what you've seen from Hearts so far this season? So I would definitely say, definitely say wide areas are going to be your, uh, Probably your biggest asset, like guys like Boyle, you were just touching on there, that he's maybe not been quite the same in the last few weeks. But you know what he's like. He's just watching week in, week out. Give him a bit of time on that that side and his pace. He's quick enough to beat any fullback in Scotland. And we've they have so he's he's right mid he's right midfield, isn't he? Yeah. So he'll probably be up against Kingsley, who's only just recently come in. He's been all right, but then again, he's not really had any fast wingers taking yeah. them on so I've not really seen that side of his game yet so I'll be interested to see that match up and I think obviously middle of the park is going to be interesting to just depend on who we play in the middle of the pitch um, you've obviously got real use of obviously had a lot of joy through the middle of the pitch this this season as well so I think that's going to be very interesting on Saturday and what 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 do you expect from Hearts so how how have Hearts sort of obviously they had a you've had a good start against Dundee and then I I caught a little bit of the game on Friday. Really didn't look like he's played that well. Um, what do you expect from Hearts at the weekend, like formation wise, personnel wise? Because Naismith's not started the game yet, has he? Has ha- Halliday mm-hmm. started on Friday? Aye, so Halliday started. Halliday started last week and he played about twenty minutes in a Dundee game. Um, guys that I would expect. So Karen's been playing a sort of like a bit part. James sort of being like 15, 20 minutes here and there just to show things up. I wouldn't be surprised if he chucks him and Naismith in for the start on Saturday. Um, Naismith, was, Naismith didn't come, on the, come off the bench on Friday. And I, I was turning to my dad and I was like, I think there's only one reason for that. I think they're just going to keep him for next week. Just well, Even if you only get 60 minutes to him. The thing is, the guy, he's clearly well though. He doesn't have the legs anybody to be playing 90 minutes, especially in a high-intensity game like that. But he's... He's probably capable of maybe finding that we one we killer pass if he really needs to, but yeah, I would I would expect Harden and Naismith to come into the team and probably yeah. probably play just like Boyce up front in his own with um, Walker in the centre attacking midfield as well. So yeah, uh, to be honest, it could be a number of different things, but that's think that's who I think they're going to go with. And one thing, obviously, you've signed Craig Gordon, which was like the goalkeeping issue with Hearts is probably main issue last year with Slomal again helping Hibs out against St Mirren. But um, one thing that Hearts had last year was at the centre-back, 
it looked like he's had something really good when you had Halkett and Suter and Berra. Like at the start of the season, that didn't sound like a bad combination. One, why did those three not work out and end up being like relegation fodder? And do you think that they can bounce back this season? Sure. Aye, so that's quite a, quite a good point you made actually because even Halkett's made, I don't think Halkett should be playing the championship. I'm, I'm amazed that we actually got him in the first place even when we were in the premiership. Um, I think he's a really, really good player, but we've just brought in that guy, Popescu, that played at St. Mirren for a while as well, right, last right. season or the season before. Um, you can tell he's quite comfortable on the ball, happy to take the ball out and stuff, but there is still that wee bit of bomb scare-esque type <laughs> between the two of them, just because they don't really know each other that well. Um, like like you're, you're talking about Suter there as well, um, another good player, but just so injury-prone. Like You just you don't know how long you're going to get out of him. Is he going to come back the same player as well? So I think it's going to be... A, that's, I think my main worry is obviously what I was saying, your, the wide areas, but I also think balls into Nisbet and Dodge on Saturday with Halkett and Popescu there, could, I think you could get a lot of joy for that, unfortunately. <laughs> so, obviously, Greg, you're very good friends with myself and and, Ando, and Lumpy especially. And we wouldn't be friends with you if you were as bitter and twisted as a majority of your fan base. But, <laughs> um, how, how Are you confident? Have a it's a tough one. It's just so different because none of us have experienced a derby with any fans, especially a game like this. We're in total uncharted territory, even for the players, they're in complete uncharted territory as well. Um, like we've seen that some of the some of the games so far, there's periods of the game where it just dies a bit of a death because there's no fans there to G them up. And especially like the atmosphere on Saturday would just be absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible being there to both sides. Um, but I just don't think because of the occasion, because they know what it means to both sets of fans, I don't think it'll ha- I think it's going to be 100 mil an hour the whole game. And it's just going to be end-to-end. And I, I do think it will be an, an individual error, which will probably get a, get the breakthrough. Uh, maybe just nerves with somewhere somewhere in the pitch. But I, I, I wouldn't say confident. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm dreading it either. I, I do think it's going to be, be pretty close. I wouldn't even be surprised if it goes to extra time, to be quite honest. I was just waiting on you saying, but it's Hibs, because that's usually the spot you get fair hearts <laughs> In the past, I would have probably said that, but maybe not as much now, no. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, Lumpy, Harry, how, how confident are you? Uh, Hibs fans, are, look, I'm, I'm confident in this team, but you can, I'm only ever confident to an l- extent when it comes to playing hearts. We've seen it back in... February, March, we should have fucking scudded them at Easter Road and what happened. Like, just how confident are you in this team and Jack Ross that we will be playing the Scottish Cup final? The main thing for me is going into this game, I said at the start of last season, I didn't think Hearts were all that much. I think the Hearts have debatably strengthened over the course of the summer. I think that they've kind of thinned their squad quite a bit, but the players they've brought in are a bit more impactful. But the fact that it isn't in front of fans, I think, kind of favours um, Hibs here because in terms of hearts, there's quite a lot of revenge stories going on, like Nielsen trying to like get retribution for the fact he essentially lost his job because they got beaten the Scottish Cup against Hibs. And did the they? fact that all the hearts did fans... That? How did that one finish up again? <laughs> and all the hearts fans kind of drove the narrative that he was a bottle merchant in all the big games and stuff. So this is his time to bounce back. Andy Halliday, I think the only reason he signed for Hearts is so he could try and get this game on the go and get his stab back. But I don't think without the fans kind of 
driving them to it, I think it will be very difficult for them to actually get the momentum. Because I think on paper, if you put it down paper to paper, Hibbs's squad and the team that we will play is substantially better than Hearts's, especially considering the fact we've been playing for three months. Yeah. And I think that the fact that there's no external factors there, and the fact it's on a big pitch as well when Hearts have been playing against our Brothen and all the other wee teams, I think it just favours Hibbs. Everything that should go right for Hibbs has went right for Hibbs. So that's why Hearts are going to win 4 0. But apart <laughs> from that, I think I am confident. I am confident. And Lumpy? Um, <clears throat> it's one of them where we should win and win comfortably. Am I confident in the team? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen some good stuff from, from the team this year. Am I confident in a win? I don't think so. <laughs> it, I just don't know what, what to think. <clears throat> you know, it's Hibs against Hearts at Hamden. Anything else we've done this season is irrelevant, to be fair. All form goes out the window. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've got a bad feeling. I'm going to be honest. Is that because you always have a bad feeling playing Hearts, though? To be fair, I do. I do most of the time have a bad feeling just against Hearts because obviously they're a massive, massive club. (laughs) Huge. (laughs) Um, But nah, look, I'm confident in the team, but there is always that that element of doubt in the back of your mind. Yeah. A derby and. um, But yeah, we'll wait. Yeah, I'm not going to start shouting on Twitter about. How we're gonna gonna win the win the cup and that because that, that never ends well for folk here. So we just won a very tough away game against a physical team uh, mm-hmm. at the weekend, and I would say that ten of the players, well, maybe nine of the players are definitely going to start. Mm. Ten probably die because it looks like Stevenson's going to be out. Does Jamie Murphy comes straight back in if he's fit to start over Stevie Mallon. Yes. But there's no doubt about that. He needs to come back in and start over Stevie Mallon. Um, look, not against Stevie Mallon. It's difficult, obviously, getting played out of position, but we've seen the quality Jamie Murphy has. Natural left-sided midfielder causes a lot of problems. For me, it's a no-brainer. That yep. It's not even, even anything to think about. The only thing is you could potentially change the structure and play three at the back and then put McGuinness in or put Mallon into the centre as well and just kind of congest the midfield. But I think that this is a type of game that I think we need to play to our strengths as opposed to trying to like avoid Hearts's because yeah. I think Hearts will probably set up um, to flood the midfield and stuff and just try to batter us everywhere because that's what Hearts are good at um, in times gone by anyway. Um, what do you think about that, Greg? Do you think that's the aim for Hearts this game to just try to yeah, the heart. Well, well, heart sort of play three central midfielders. Is as have they been playing sort of four three three this season? Or yeah, so I think so. Basically, so I don't know how much you caught of the Hearts game last week. So brought in a boy for Preston's guy generally uh, as a winger. He started the season really, really well. Seemed a lot of pace, quite similar to the way Boyle plays, very direct, trying to get the balls into the box. But he came off for about ten minutes after about ten minutes last week. Right. Um, build up his cell, so it's probably unlikely he's going to be fit, and I thought, which is quite frustrating for myself, because he's probably going to be, he's probably going to be the guy with the hearts would look at to get the ball out to, similar to the boil, wide pitch, just try and, just try and stretch the defence a wee bit, 
So I wouldn't be surprised if they do probably flood the midfield. I think, Harry, I think you're spot on, mate. I think they're going to put, I think they're going to have like Halliday, Harden, and they'll probably just have Naismith and Walker just in front of them as well. But aye, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they try and flood that midfield and try and break some, break some stuff up. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, to be honest. So probably not going to be much wood for Hearts then potentially maybe like Boyce with Naismith just off him or something like that and then probably three or three or four in the middle of the park you'd imagine yeah so just just what you're probably used to seeing with a Hearts team against <laughs> when, when was the last time you could say we had a really good winger I've, I can't I could probably name about two in my lifetime that I've seen <laughs> that have been, a, have been great wingers but usually when we've had success in the past it's just breaking up stuff in midfield and just getting to wee loose balls and stuff like that which is by, by all, all accounts of what Hibs have been good at, certainly this season already. So it's going to be a very good, very good encounter in the middle of the park. Yeah. So for me, I think just off of what Greg said there, and I know Harry you said about um, playing our strengths. And look, we've been great playing four four two this season. In fact, the majority of our wins have come playing four four two this season. But I think we should line up three five two. I think just get Doig left wing back, Boyle right wing back, bombing up and down. If Hart, you know what I mean, doesn't look like Hart's probably going to have to rely on their fullbacks. Get McGinnis slash Malin and then Newell and Gogic in there up against Hart's midfield, win that, go and play, and I think we'll win. Um, However, I do expect Jamie Murphy to come in, be a flat four four two. Um Wimpy. Yeah, I think I think if we do go do go three five two, I'd, I'd probably bring McGinnis back in. Um, I think Malin's a good option off the bench. I, I would like us to see play three five two. Um obviously that that's kind of the formation that, that I've always been looking for us to play, but there's been so much success with four four two. You know, it's difficult. It's difficult to change that and come out of that. Um, if it is four four two, Doig left back and and Murphy Murphy left mid. I would like to have seen Stevenson play next uh, next weekend, uh, this weekend. Sorry, um, purely for the experience. Yeah, but you know, you, you can't have it. Can't have it the, the one way all the time. I think the big thing for Hibs is you look at the starting eleven most weeks and you find that it could be four four two or it could be three five two. Yeah. Like I think because and I think that pretty much hinges on the fact that Paul McGinn can play full back or right centre half and Josh Doyle can play left wing back or left back. So it's it's very it's just sort of switching, pushing Doyle like that and just sort of be shuffling about. But I think if Jamie Murphy is in the starting eleven, then it, it'll be very clear that'll be a flat four four two. So this is the bit that's maybe going to put us in trouble. Probably the bit that we all didn't want to do. But we'll put our next on the line with score predictions here. We will go Harry, and then Lumpy, myself, and then we will get a heart prediction from Greg. So Harry, what are you going for? You know what? Ever since twenty twelve, all my hearts mates always say to me. 5-1. I'm sick of it. Hibs are going to win 5-0 and 5-1's going to be irrelevant. That's it. 5-0 Hibs. We'll get scoring all five. There you go. I'll stick with 5-0, but I think that Doidge is going to get two goals and I think Boyle's going to get at least one. That's my prediction. 5-0. He's went for the piss take option so it kind of come back on him. Yeah. No, that's not me. 100% mate. I'll stick, a, I'll stick two quid in it. 
Guarantee you. Two quid. Oh, two quid. Oh, big money. Um, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite of Harry and say no comments so nothing can come back. To no comments can happen on this. Um, right. Um, I'm, I'll say 2-0 Hibs. Okay. Nothing too silly. Nothing too unrealistic. 2-0. So, foot, right, foot ready to go right in my mouth here, but 3-0 Hibs. Comfortable. Just dispatched lower league pish. <laughs> <laughs> that is the kind of comments that get you in trouble. But we've been solid at the back. Nisbet's used to playing against championship level opposition. So, 3 <laughs> 0 hits. Done. And though he's absolutely coming for you, son. That's all right. That's all right. I've made a mental note of all these comments because it's came back to bite my ass a few times before. So, I'm just biding my time here. Um, to be fair, my head says probably similar to what you guys are saying, probably like two or three nil hips, but also just from past experience, I think one one after next uh, after that full time, then Hearts to get a penalty in the hundred nineteenth minute, which should never have been a penalty, and Hearts win two one. That just is too realistic. Stop! All right, cut that. I'm not having that. No, I don't like it. Oh. That's PTSD, that's constant. That's oh. been having nightmares for the next, what, five, oh, six nights until the weekend. That, that scenario is probably worse than Hearts beating us 4 or 5-0. That, that is oh, worse, 100%. that scenario. I don't think any of us would be able to accept to go into penalties. My ticker couldn't take that. Nah, so. No chance, no chance. <laughs> TV off, TV off. Nah. <laughs> All <laughs> days, yeah. It ended in a draw, nobody's playing the final if that happens. <laughs> And that takes us in nicely, Greg. Obviously, you mentioned there that Hearts will get a penalty that um, was never a penalty. So, what's your favourite derby moment? Because we're all used to seeing uh, Hearts get decisions that are absolutely not decisions <laughs> in Edinburgh derbies. Um, so, sorry, we always try to avoid the obvious in terms of we don't use the Scottish Cup win as our favourite derby. Uh, sorry, as our favourite game. So, like, what would be your favourite derby moment or game? Eh... Uh, well, as you know, there's a few. But I'll, try, I'll, I'll, try, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. It exist, uh, <laughs> um, I would, I would say, probably out with obviously the big ones. I would say the quarterfinal league cup at Easter Road, where Stevenson scored that corker for about sixty yards out. We battered um, as well. I think that's what makes it more enjoyable. Is the fact that you should you should have been home and hosed after about twenty minutes. Yep. If it wasn't for a Jamie McDonald masterpiece to keep it out with Robertson or something for that I, shot. Um, I do not believe that. Best save I've ever seen. I just hit the bar in the post about three times in the first ten minutes and see if they're on, you just knew it hurts were going to win. In the second half, I don't really remember any of the game after after that goal. It must have just been an absolute slugfest the rest of the game. McPay got sent off, I'm sure. I think James McPay got sent off. Aye. Ah, uh, you absolutely took some doubt, I think, near the end of the game. Ah, uh, I think you're right. I forgot about that. Pat Vernon uh, left that night, did he know? Was that the night he left? I think he done. I think he did. He, had we just played Aberdeen that weekend and then Hearts, there was Aberdeen and Hearts. I can't mind if it was Aberdeen and Hearts or Hearts and Aberdeen, but it was that, it was that week. So, that, oh. so that, that's your, that's your, basically outside of Hamden, that's your top. I, I think just for, for what you were saying, because there was absolutely no, I've had no right to win in that game, like absolutely no right to win in that game at all. And just, I think obviously it helps like 
there's obviously been games in the past where the game's not been great and obviously the, the result means a lot, but see because then you scored an absolute thunderbolt of a goal as well. It just makes it so much better, eh? Like it does. It just makes it so much better. Especially when you kind of didn't deserve it. But like with the way hearts are at Easter Road, when the worse you play, the more likely it is you are gonna get a result. Like, Aye, we, 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 we just pull you into it. Hey, we just oh. if we're playing bad, we just pull Hibs into playing the same way. I have a theory that, oh. and it's it sort of for me sums hearts up. But my theory is, the shiter the hearts player, the more likely they are to score against Hibs. Gary Glenn for Gary Glenn. Aye, Gary, Gary Glenn scored two. I <laughs> did Billy King not score another derby? Did he not take it? Uh-huh. Ah, uh, it was your um, it was your uh, relegation party game as well. Aye, <laughs> uh, Forster scored the goal, but six yards on side and it got chalked off. Oh. Aye, I know. That's just Matt, see, it's things, it's things like this. They just make me love it, eh? Maddie <laughs> oh. scored a couple against us, so I have I have a theory: the shiter the Hearts team, the shiter the Hearts player, the more likely they are to to get stuff off a head switch. So as this week progresses, my 3-0 will go 2-0, 1 0 To be fair, obviously Brian Kerr did score against Hearts and that was probably quite a tough moment for them because he was woeful. <laughs> I mind that game. Aye, if it was, like, was that no first or second game of the season or something like that? First game, first first game, game of the season, it was about three minutes in, mate. That's all done for him, though. That's all yeah. right. Take it, though. Uh, so, Harry, do you have a similar uh, shit house FC answer? Well, th- so I'll give I'll give you two. So, um, in terms of shit house FC, it was actually the one 0 Jason Cummings game, not because it was just Jason Cummings shit housing them, but it was the fact that Hart scored two goals that were disallowed, and I love seeing opposition fans celebrate and <laughs> getting disallowed, and then just oh oh, it's class. And it happened twice in the one game. It was Barry. And then, um, but the one I'm actually going to go for when we're on the topic of players that aren't quite great but do um, heroic things, everybody loves but hates going to Tynecastle because you never get a result. And I'd been, I think, 11 games at Tynecastle up to that point and hadn't seen Hibs get a single win. And then some random wee boy called Ross Caldwell hits it off his shin and it goes in the top corner. And some guy beside me had a thingy. And he smacked over my head, and I had a rubber dinghy stuck on my head in that, celebrating the goal. It was cracking. And that is, oh, the, and the Griffiths goal that game as well. Oh yeah. my goodness. Last what that was. So I, that, that, that's the one that sticks for me. If someone says to me, win against Hearts, that's the one that actually comes to my mind. Yeah. Greg? I've, I've got a couple. <laughs> um, Gary O'Connor, last minute, Easter Road. On my birthday was ten out of ten. Love that. Um, That's the game that that was just bef- that was literally months before I got my first half season ticket. That was a game I was on the fence getting it right up my jambo neighbour. <laughs> Second <laughs> one was uh, Scott Allen's left-footed half volley. Oh, right the bottom. Two 0 natural order derby. However, maybe my favourite one was when Benji came off the bench. A 2-1 win at home and he ran all the way down to the Hearts fans and Zibby couldn't catch him because Zibby couldn't catch much. Um, so for me, because I remember Stephen Presley was in the in the crowd that game and he was getting abused like 
serious. I thought he was going to start crying. It was that bad. Eh? Um, so yeah, maybe maybe Benji uh, at home or maybe even Horgan away. Setting yeah. one was so for me. Um, I've I've sort of different categories of sort of reasoning. So the first game, the, the first the the first one that really sticks out for me uh, as a Hibs win would have been that I was there for. I, I can't remember if we beat Hearts at Easter Road in Mowbray's first season. I did have a season ticket that year, but I can't really remember. But the unbeatables uh, derby when Boozy scored, uh, that's the f- first memory of beating Hearts that I have. So that's up there. Um, again, um, the Ross Caldwell game was the first time I'd seen Hibs win at Tynecastle. And then the Horgan one, I think, was the next one after that. <laughs> so, but for me, in terms of just pure football, um, in terms of favourite game, there's two. The natural order one, when Scott Allen scored, we battered hearts that night. But the Scottish Cup replay uh, under Neil Lennon at Easter Road, I know Hearts scored a penalty late on, but that was the comfiest game of football that I've seen Hibs play against Hearts. I mean, we ran the show that night. Obviously, uh, what's his name was in goals? Jack Hamilton chucked one in for Andy Shinney. Um, but, yeah, that was that was an unbelievable night. Uh, we played some really good stuff that night. And I, actually, I genuinely believe we were going to win the cut back-to-back coming out of that game, which obviously ended at the semi-final. But I think that, that would... That that one in the natural order one is my favourite games. It's interesting though that all our main like my ultimate is the Horgan one. Um, it's interesting that our favourite ones tend to be away from home. Um, and have you got any ones that you anything else? Randall throws it in. The one that hurt the most from a Hibs fan's perspective. I still say to this day it was bad goalkeeping. That Oz Turk screamer hurts my soul. Honestly, oh, it just angers me. Is were you at that one, Randall? I was, yeah. Uh, um, to be honest, that was that was incredible. Was it? That was actually uh, today or yesterday. It was six, that was six yeah. years ago. Um, it, it came up on my Twitter feed earlier on, and that was another one. That was another one where like that that was in the championship season, wasn't it? We were both in the championship that that year. First season of the championship. Aye. So from what I can remember, again, it was like all hibs, pretty much the whole game, pretty much all hibs, and then. To shoot for there, I mean, the way it dipped, it looked like it was going to hit me in the heat. I was in the top, I was in the top <laughs> tier in the way, and it was completely coming right towards me. It just dipped right at the end, and always noticed. Um, you can see Stevenson when he sees the ball going, he just like puts his head in his hands and just turns away because the boy's got absolutely no right to be shooting for there and scoring. But uh, what a fucking unbelievable goal that was! I mean, do you know it's something interesting about that game? So that was obviously the second derby that season. I think Hearts. Um, I think it was like the 11th game of the season or something. It was sort of right at the start of the set. And obviously, it was weird. And as much as Hearts got the point that day, for me, I almost felt that changed a wee bit of the derbies for Hibs. Second game of the season, I think again on your birthday, uh, Lumpy, obviously. Liam Craig, it was, Liam Craig decides to, to miss the fucking penalty. And again, I think we, we, we've done all right that day at Town Castle. I think Hearts scored two screamers. Uh, and obviously so they are good, which always gets forgotten. And then again, that last minute equaliser though, but I think you could see that day that Hibs more as much as Hearts 
blew everyone away over the course of the season. Hibs really held their own that day. And then I think from then on, that's when the unbeaten run started under Stubbs, uh, under Stubbs in the derby. And I think that really sort of, maybe I, get, I think it's evened out in the last year or so in the derbies, but it started a period of, if you can call it dominance, for Hibs, as, as much as that Ozturk goal was massive for Hearts, I think it actually, that game showed Hibs and the squad at that point, right, well, there's nothing really to fear here. They are, they're unbeaten in the league, but we can, in a one-off game, we can take them. Um, moving, remaining on the shithouse FC, um, something that I love, and I want you to be as bitter and twisted as you can be, Harry, which Hearts player do you hate the most, current or past? Um, see, that's the thing that kind of annoys me about Hearts. There's actually because, like, growing up, I think especially when you were in like the kind of Hartley era, every single player from that point until Championship, you just kind of hated. But see, when you get players like Dicamona in that, it annoys me because he's not actually that bad a guy. And I hate that because I just want all Hearts players to be scumbags. See, every time I see that Nielsen, I just get this like rush of anger through my body. I just don't like him. And that's the way it should be. And I hope that you're the same, uh, Ando, when you see any Hibs player that like that's kind of iconic to the fans. Because I love hating Hearts uh, players. And I love it when, uh, what do you call it, Hearts fans hate Hibs players. Because I think that's the way it should be. Like I'd never wish them harm or that in their life. But see, when it comes to I'm just, oh. But um, the main one has to be really scratch Has to be. Well, but, and from, from a Hearts perspective, Ando, I think going down the same lines, what you're saying, you only really obviously have a dislike for the club and the players as a, as a whole. But when it gets to that proper hatred, it's always because they've done damage to you down the years. So yeah. for me, guys like Griffiths, Riordan, folk like that, who that you see, you just love to hate, but they're absolute legends for your own club. You know what I mean? Like guys like you were saying about Scatchel, like I absolutely love Scatchel, but I can totally see why Hibs fans hate him because the goals and stuff like that and it's exactly the same for me where obviously growing up it was Rad and then Griffiths laterally um, but aye, it's just that's, just that's just the way it is eh? you, just, you, you want to you can't wait to get to ground just to boo the fuck at them that's just all you wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> just something that's actually I wondered about maybe because of his past as well and obviously had a very good record did Jason Cummins ever reach the level of Hatred as Varden O'Connor Griffiths. I, f- I think to some fans, maybe aye, but to maybe to the ones that can't rise above it because Cummins were clearly just there at the Bamfold Cup. Aye. So I can I can kind of see above it. Like he, d- he did seem to keep all his best games for when he played against Hearts. I don't know if that's a wee bit of obviously getting let go when he was a bit younger and stuff. Had a point to prove and he obviously loved playing against Hearts and scoring and that. But no, nah, I wouldn't say I ever hated him. Nah, nah, it didn't get to quite to that level as some of the other players did. And and Lumpy, what, so Harry's taking Scatchel, uh, the obvious one. So, most hated Hearts player? How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Let me start naming Mikey Stewart, Judas, Paul Hartley, Judas, <laughs> Judas again, yep. Um, even players like Jankowskis and that, like, just like, Fuck off. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, he obviously got sent off in that game, man, after, like, I think he pushed Brown or something for a second gel, and you're like, mate, fucking bolt. Um, 
to be honest, most of them. Billy King, Tatum, Jimmy Walker, Tatum, Tatum, overrated. Like, just so many people are, you just hate. Like, they're probably not bad guys. I mean, obviously, Andy Hardy's been an open goal podcast, I think I said to you. I'm doing, and you, and that yeah, actually screams another right guy, but now he's back to be a dick. Like, <laughs> there, there, there is no question. You know, he has a good couple of weeks in the, on the Open Goal podcast, and he goes and sings for hearts, and you back to, well, nah, don't mm. like you anymore. But in, in terms of all time, if you've taken Skatchla, I'm going to have to say Ian Black. Oh, I would wish that boy no good at all. Ever in his life. That, that's proper <laughs> hatred there. I hate him. I, and he should have been sent off in the cup final as well. Right, but no even opening up that kind of worms. <laughs> <laughs> but Ewan, Ewan, it's too easy naming players that you hate. Who's the Hearts player that you respect the most? None. Move on. <laughs> right, go for a hatred then. No, right. I think... You don't hate players that aren't good. Well, you do because they play for Hearts, but you don't really... Fu- you know what I mean? Nobody walked about really fucking hating uh, Ben Garuccio. Is that like... Aye, <laughs> uh, he's fucked off to Australia, so it's all right. No, I mean, like, you know what I mean? You didn't, I hated him too. Like, I'm glad he's away. Like, you didn't walk about just... You know what I mean? You, they have to do something to... Like, even taking out of Hibs Hearts, like, I used to despise Barry Ferguson. Why? Because he was a good player. Like, so, I guess there's like, I, I, I'm I'm not going to say I had respect for the Descartes or didn't he? Like, he's the exception to the rule. But players that, a hearts player that I respected. Um, I, I've got one, like. I feel like there's, good. I feel like there's maybe, there must be some that have done good things outside of football. Um, do you know, but nah, Lumpy, no. I think I know who you're going to pick. We talk about him quite often, right, still so, in the middle of the pitch. I, I don't respect him, obviously, he's still played for hearts, but I think you can appreciate football and ability. Oh, Brelly Bre- 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 or something, Brelly Bre- 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 had Aye. so much ability, like genuinely, he, he was very good. That's all I'm going to say. Though. I don't want to be too nice. Try thinking. Aye, to be fair, you've, you've done. You've you've been a bit nicer in that twenty seconds than you have been in the three years I've known you, pal. So, <laughs> right, I'll go for. I'll go for. Right, make pals. I'll go for. I'll I'll go for someone that I respect. Um, and to be fair, he's played against like obviously I'm a Liverpool fan. He played for Everton, but Stephen Naismith's had a good career, and I think when he signed, uh, he is a wanker. But I think when he signed for Hearts. Everyone thought, oh, it's because he's a re- like he's a Rangers reject. But I think the fact that he's sort of taken to hearts, if you like, um, I guess I respect that. I don't know. I no, that that <laughs> I hope it comes across as how fucking lost I am to try and answer that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Nah, that's me. That's me done. I have zero respect for Heart of Midlothian Football Club and anyone associated with it. I hope Craig Levine watches the game and fucking shites himself and pisses himself again and spends it on the pan at the weekend. But, Harry's <laughs> Harry's quiz, what you got for us? <laughs> ah, he's me. 
<laughs> we love to see it. All right, so um, for Greg, um, our guest, and for anybody else who is unfamiliar with the Harry High B quiz, it is essentially a quiz that I make up that is vaguely related to hips. This week, we've actually got a Hamden slash Heart special. Woo! All right, we've no, got, not, no, no crowd effect. All right, that's cool. But anyway, um, because of time, um, we're going to keep it relatively quick fire. But just to get us started on a completely random tangent, um, I wear specs. Which Hibs or Hearts player do you think looks speckiest? Feel free to fire in when you can think of someone. Is this past or present or just whenever? Um, it can be past or present, but the rule is they're not have actually been like if they've wore specs on the pitch, you can't pick them. They right. just look specky, but no having wore specs. Right. Speckiest Hearts player. Or Hibs player for that matter. I think David Gray looks specky, you know, I think Ed <laughs> Why so? Put that oh. kind of face, eh? After all, receding hairline at speed. Um, I just think he would, he just looks like a history teacher, eh? The speckiest, the speckiest player, Mark Oxley. Never wore glasses on the pitch. Ooh, all right. Him losing a contact lens, best thing that happened. In came Conrad Logan, and the rest is history. Exactly. Fun fact: only Hibs player to have ever blocked me on Twitter is Mark Oxley. <laughs> yeah, actually blocked me as well after about two games that season because I thought he was awful. And, and I let him know that, and subsequently got blocked. We're going for going for specky players. Uh, I might get his name wrong, but you just had this. Absolute huddy at the back a, f- a few years ago. Was it Sean O'Hanlon or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he'd be a right, a right specky bastard. Like, if you're outside the football. You know what? I, just because you called him a right specky bastard, I'm going to have to give Andrew the point, guys. The, down the slope podcast is behind after one round. Um, for me, I was thinking, I think Marciano looks like he could pull off specs. I reckon he could be like a cool kind of teacher type person that would wear specs. I don't you're not getting Michelle with a pair of specs, like. I know, all right, fair enough, all right. Anyway, moving on to the next one. Um, we scored a goal at Tynecastle, and I never saw until after the game, but some Hibs fan decided to launch a coconut onto the pitch, and it made me laugh for about 10 minutes because it was the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. What is the funniest Edinburgh Derby moment that you can think of? It can, like, you can include like... Uh, press conferences, etc., as well, or anything funny you might have seen on Twitter or on the pitch for that matter. Just the funniest, the funniest thing. So, the funniest, the actual funniest for me is the natural order banner. That's <laughs> perfect. And then just that picture with Craig Levine, the angle is perfect. But taking it away from that, I remember, um, funnily enough, the Halloween derby two years ago when Canberra got sent off. I went and they worked the next day and spoke to Ando. And uh, he said that he could see uh, myself uh, down the, towards the front of the Roseburn stand and he said that he sort of had a wee look over every couple of minutes and I was just slouched in my seat almost sleeping because I was absolutely hammered there every 30 seconds or so. I would just fucking lean forward, shout a pile of abuse at a heart player or a ref and <laughs> back in my seat. Oh, fuck. Comedy gold. Uh, for me personally, it, it's got to be one of the many goalkeeping errors. I would say, and, uh, <laughs> and, and Andy, Andy McNeil at Tynecastle was a personal favourite of mine. 
No, I hate it. it. I hate it. Oh. Take it away. Um, yeah, if to look at it with no green tinted specs, I mean, Simon Brown at Tencastle, that must be fucking up there. Just ushering it past the post and it bought, going in bottom corner. <laughs> oh, fuck, I mean that. <laughs> it's just funny. Like you, you need to look back and laugh now, eh? Like, just, what are you doing, eh? F- funniest also moment think, God, that's good. I actually don't even know, eh? Probably Harlan Abusa Ando in their way stand at Time Castle on the podium I'm <laughs> everything under the sun because we're getting beat 2-1 like I said to you I said you'd been slating some boy for weeks and he, he came off and you were giving him a standing ovation that really, <laughs> that really annoyed me <laughs> absolutely hammering him for weeks and there's Andrew oh, what a player he is Oh, I, oh, fuck, who was that again? I can't even mind what player yeah, that was. Honestly, don't even know, but I annoyed me, really, because <laughs> you'd been, honestly... All week, all week in work, I'd been absolutely ripping this boy to shreds. All of a sudden, you were his best pal. Oh. Okay, now, I think I even got up in my seat just to give him an extra proper <laughs> round of applause when he got off the pitch. <laughs> oh, no. All right, well, for that one, I can't give a point for a Hibs goalkeeping error without more detail, so you can't get the point for that. Um, but we don't want any more detail. Mm. And we didn't want any more detail. And oh, true. Um, Greg, I don't think that you are quite as passionate in your storytelling as Ewan was, so Ewan, you get the point for that round for your <laughs> coming out of slumps just to shout abuse to then go back into a slump. I do find that funny, and I think that most football fans have been there as well. So, yeah. But moving swiftly on, um, we're obviously playing at Hamden coming up on Saturday. What is your favourite non-Edinburgh Derby moment at Hamden? Obviously, excluding the cup final as well, because it's too obvious. Yeah. Um, so, what's your favourite non-Hibs Hearts moment at Hamden? For me, um, I was very young, but the, the 5-1 game against Kilmarnock, um, first time I've seen Hibs win a, win a trophy. I think that'll be for all three of us, obviously, but um, first time I'd seen Hibs on a trophy and unfortunately until that point um, I think I'd only seen Hibs win at Hamden once I was at the um, the Rangers League Cup penalty shootout game when we won on oh. pens um, but again I was very young at that but I remember that 5-1 game was unbelievable but 2007 so I was 10 Um the snow, sunshine on leaf, like I think that game really hit home at ten years old what well, what I thought football was all about. Lo and behold I had to wait another fucking nine years for us to win a trophy again. <laughs> but hey bro. Probably for me would be the first experience at Hamden. Um we beat Livy three 0 Scottish Cup semi final. Um I mean, it was just a really good day. Yeah, I'd obviously never been to Hamden before, and I, I didn't really know about Hibs and Hamden. It's not really a very good marriage. Mm. <laughs> um, and we'll leave that there. But yeah, Hibs won 3 0. From what I can remember, we were really good that day. Um, obviously, the final wasn't really in the shout about. We got beat I was at the final. I, I don't remember yeah. anything at the final other than being, what was it, 2001? So, other than being four year old. And I had, speaking to you, Andrew, you were saying about getting on a chair, I was so wee that I was standing on the chair, chair buckled, and my foot got stuck in between the back and the actual chair. That's all I remember from the game. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that that would be mine. Um, I think I think maybe the second goal was a mix-up between Olivier centre half and the goalie, and Zatelli just kind of flicked it over the two of them. Uh, we got French flair, but yeah, that, I would say that was mine. The first real experience of Hamden. Interesting. I would say for me, has to be Beatty's penalty against Celtic in the semi-final. This the going up to that game and just through through my whole life and we're, we're all, we can all say the same that we don't. There's not all very often you'll get a game, especially a semi-final. You play Celtic, you're actually going to win, and oh, it's, it was just absolutely incredible. The thing I actually remember most after that penalty was when it went in. So it was about eighty-eight minutes, something like that. And I think the fourth official gave about 42 minutes added on or something. That's what it felt like. <laughs> so I'm actually mind there's a wee laddie standing behind me in, in, the, in the stand. And honestly, for a good four or five minutes, he was just fucking sobbing because the referee wouldn't blow his whistle, just expecting Celtic to go up and get another equaliser. And just that euphoria once you beat Celtic and see them flooding for the exits was absolutely outstanding. That's very oh. similar to, I think, when Hibs beat Rangers in the League Cup semi-final, I think. Hearts didn't have anywhere near their sort of normal travelling support. I, I think that I think that was a big part of it as well. It only took like eight or nine thousand, and they obviously had like thirty five thousand or something. And for them to get a goal so late on, just for us to go up and get another dubious penalty and beat them, is just absolute mouthwatering. And then you got another one in the final, but again, we're not going to touch on that. So Harry, ah, well, we, we, say, we said at the start that Hearts and penalties, hundred nineteenth minute is happening on Saturday. So just brace yourself, boys. <laughs> Good but it happens when these are getting done in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, to be honest, lads, I think that you all deserve the point for that round. So, But I think just because of the detail he went into, I think that Ando's going to get a bonus point there as well. So going into the next round, we're sitting at uh, Ando 3, you and 2, Greg 1. Yep. Sitting at that. So this one, we're, just, we're going to go for quick answers here. Okay. We want one, one sentence to explain and then your answer. So... The SNP just seem to hate Scottish football, so they've cancelled it. <laughs> um, they've cancelled it coming up to Saturday, but they said that you can choose any other sport for the teams to play. What sport are you choosing for your team, either Hibs or Hearts, to have the best chance of winning, and why? Instead of choosing what I would like Hibs oh, so, to play, okay. I'm going to choose what Hearts would play, and that would be rugby, because that's what they fucking play already. <laughs> <laughs> you just you took the answer out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I guess wouldn't play rugby. Like They'd be more a caber tossing. Hey, <laughs> I would, or, or, or I would say is I would just take the hardest hearts bastard and put him in the octagon against somebody else, and they'd probably do all right. Oh, imagine you had Uchi nah, doing that last year. against Darren McGregor. Oh yeah, Hindi by the way. <laughs> And if he's no fit, then it's Gogic, yeah, so good luck. Nah, it's true. It's true. Gogic looks like a better UFC fighter. That's true, actually. All right, so we got... Are you sticking UFC, Greg? Um, Uh, Trying to think what else would... I I don't think they'd be very good at anything else other than football or UFC. (laughs) Not very good. I'm just going to stick with that. (laughs) All right, Olympic. Uh, Kaber Tossin. <laughs> I mean, Kaber a shout, but they've already touched on, on UFC, so I can't exactly say 
a technical knockout in the boxing. Um, <laughs> in fact, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Darren McGregor uh, against Christoph Berner. Two rounds, Berner's lasting at the very most. All right. At well, the very most. I was thinking for Hibs' perspective, I'd probably, I think we'd definitely take it in like 100 metre really. Like if we had four sprinters against Hearts' fastest four, I think Hibs would take that. That was boring. Nah. That was boring. Harry, there's too much opportunity for us to trip up and fall flat on our face there. All right, fair enough. Over. <laughs> all right, good golly gosh, stop. But I'm, I'm the one with all the points here, shut up. Um, You've got a bit of a hair sympathiser the night Addison, the Harry's high B quiz. Yeah, well, you've just insulted me, so good, good for Greg. Instead of getting the point this round, you've just lost the point this round, so Greg's Perfect. on zero. Uh, <laughs> and though you get the point that round because you're the only one that's not a cheeky bastard. All right, so Thanks very much. We're going four. By two, that, that is then. some straw you've got up Andrew's arse tonight, like. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you've broken records. You're on minus one. Good job, buddy. Perfect. All right, um, Here we go. final question. Final question. Um, it can be either a Hibs or a Hearts player, past or present. If someone says to you, Edinburgh Derby, who's the first player that pops into your head? Frank Sosie. That goal, like, tiny when he ran onto it. That ran for about three miles or something, eh? Uh, he, he literally ran for Leith Walk and connected <laughs> perfectly. Had it right in the bottom corner. Yeah, Either that or John Hughes, because he, he was, I think there was quite an iconic photo of the two of them that night, um, kind of hugging facing their way in, so either one of those two. Uh, from a Hibs point of view, Derek Arden. Why so? Yeah, I, was, I was going to say, I was going to give you a heart snap, so I'd definitely say Arden for Hibs and Paul Hartley for Hearts. There's the two players that have pinked my mind yeah. for thinking with for, for me, yeah, that would be my, like, again, I'm the same, I'm the same as Ando. Uh, Arden and Hartley, mainly because they've both got such good scoring records uh, and both in our lifetime, I think. If we were a bit older, then I think of the heart should be John Robertson, especially the fact he was a Hibs fan and scored all the goals against us. But uh, yeah, rather than uh, because just the amount of goals he scored against Hearts, then even in his second spell, scored a few as well. Mm-hmm. All right, and that well, night, tiny, we won 1 0, and the boy came on and tried to happen. <laughs> Classic times. Um, I, I genuinely, I'd say Ross Caldwell. Every time someone says to me Edinburgh Derby, I just think of Ross Caldwell because of that stupid goal he yeah. scored by accident. But it was cracking times anyway. But that rounds up, and I think oh, he's got a point. For, that's well, it's kind of open to interpretations. Unless anybody gave like an above and beyond view of it, then I think. All right, so final scores. <laughs> We're going for uh, Ando, our guest sitting on five, six. Don't know about his and Lumpy managed to get himself back up to uh, zero, so well done for that. And Thanks. so, Ando, how do you feel? You've won your first ever Harry Highby quiz. Harry the Heart. Hopefully, hopefully, it'll be too long to win the same league again. We can do a, a wee derby special every time we're going to play against each other. We're not yeah, getting yeah, relegated this season. <laughs> <laughs> Right, boys. Well, Ando, thank you very much for coming to join us. Greg and Harry, as ever, thank you very much. We have got a very special interview coming out on Thursday, so we'll be dropping some teases over that over the next couple of days. And, uh, yeah, lads, thank you very much. Cheers, boys. Take it easy. (laughs) 